What's up world? Taylor and Mark back in our own little corners of the world as usual. Mark is in all sports gear. Um, I am wearing lightning bolt earrings because I don't think that they're exactly professional enough to wear to work, but I want to wear them <laughs> while I'm at my house. Um, we're just kind of making, making life happen. And my hat's on because my hair has grown to an unruly way. I cannot tame it anymore. So this is the only thing I can do right now. By the end of this, he's going to look like Albert Einstein. He looks a little Chia Pet-ish, a healthy Chia Pet that has grown a lot. I, 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 always, get, I always get Albert Einstein. People compare me to him a lot, so I understand why you'd say that. <laughs> Worst. <laughs> um, well, Mark is actually – so Mark actually did have a really great idea, and I'm going to pump him up for it. We, um, as you probably know and have seen, we have a show that we do um, monthly, sometimes a little more spaced out depending on guest availability called Overcaffeinated. We say it's like The View except not terrible. And it's um, it's a reasonable version of The View, a reality show that's hosted by Mark. Justin's always on it. And this week we have a really exciting guest, Mark. I'll let you do the big reveal, but this was a great idea on Mark's part. So who are we? Oh, no, no. I can't take credit. This was Justin's idea to get him on. Oh, really? Well, Justin, coming up, Justin. I executed, I executed it, but he, it was his All idea. Right. Um, so we're going to have the FCC chairman, Ajit Pai, who's known for a lot of things, his love of Reese's. Um, yeah. He's his big one getting rid of that. And, and I mean, a very likable, pretty famous guy who's going to be on our show to talk about just what's going on with coronavirus, just some fun stuff, 5G, trees, a lot of fun stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah, I'm excited. I, um, if you've been following Beacon for a while, you'll know that he spent some time in our office with our staff several years ago when net neutrality was a really big discussion and everyone thought that net, not having net neutrality or having net neutrality, which was the one we were all going to die. So he got rid of net neutrality. They said, if we don't have it, that then we would all die. Exactly. So um, and he, actually got to meet, he got to meet two of our, our heroes. He met Tammy, Deborah, and he met um, uh, Leas too, when he was in Memphis. Cause like he, he really cares about occupational licensing, like how it hurts people, even though it's not really his job. So yeah. he wanted to meet our heroes. And like, I mean, they all really enjoyed him. You know how Deborah and Tammy are, they, but they love them. Oh, I love that. That is, I mean, he knows us, we know him. Um, we mutually value each other's opinions. And I think um, I've had a sneak peek into some of Mark's questions that he's going to be asking uh, Chairman Pai. And I am really excited to see how he answers them. And I think that you should be too. What, one of the cool things about him too, and I'm not trying to say this insultingly, but it's going to come off that way that most people in government are not very personable or exciting. Yeah, they're boring. Yeah, and he has this like great personality. If you met him in the street, like you'd be like, "Wow, what a nice guy!" I mean, I, talk, I remember last time he was in in the office. I interviewed him. We talked about sports. We talked about the Kansas City Chiefs. Like he's just so likable and funny, and he just doesn't have the personality of a normal government person. Um, I mean, I've seen in a positive way. Nothing against government people, but like, he is just very, very personable. Well, he um, posted a tweet this morning that I actually sent to Mark. I was laughing at so much because he's a Pluto truther. He believes Pluto is a planet. And I just think, and I don't know if he was kidding or not, but I make a lot of jokes about Pluto too. And I, and I just thought that was hilarious. So he's a really great guy, a really funny, really smart guy, very aligned with us um, policy-wise. And I'm really excited to see how the interview turns out and see how many inappropriate comments Mark makes. 
Is Pluto Truther a thing? Is, is that something I that I think he made that up, but like, okay, okay. You know, I've always said Pluto should be a planet. I have no scientific evidence to back it up other than the planet learning song that I, that I learned in second grade doesn't make sense without Pluto in it. Um, and <laughs> that is scientific. That is great scientific evidence. Scientific as it gets. Um, that will hold in court for sure. <laughs> so when he tweeted about Pluto today, I thought that was really cute and charming and um, a great way just to engage with people on stuff that, might fire some people up, but probably isn't gonna. Just a funny thing for people to talk about. So you also texted me and said that he is very handsome, and that you'd be nervous around him because he's so handsome. Is that is that correct? That is correct. I cannot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I told Mark that I was glad he was doing the interview because I would be a bumbling idiot because I think he's really handsome. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Tune in for that interview later this week. Um, we're really excited about it. So. Next up, we're going to talk about um, something that I think all of America is talking about this morning, which is when that stimulus check hits the bank <laughs> and what reopening the economy is going to look like. Y'all, I woke up this morning to so many texts from friends. I mean, most millennials, I won't say all, but most millennials do fall, fall underneath the income cap for getting the stimulus check. Which is 99000 to get anything. It's 75000 to get the full amount. Right. So most millennials, at least most of the people my age living in Nashville that I'm friends with fall below that. And I woke up this morning to so many funny texts. I woke up to one of Trump standing on the helm of a boat with like fireworks going off behind him. I saw a gif of Trump riding a bald eagle that was like pooping dollars. <laughs> like y'all just funny things. People are really, you know, and say what you want about the stimulus check, but those gifts are funny. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I don't, I don't really agree with the premise of the stimulus check personally. I think that there's something you could have done, maybe not just give it to everybody. But one of the things that I don't know if it's something that we love generally or like it's a great idea, but Trump was a genius to put his name on every stimulus check they get because people are going to remember like from a marketing, as somebody who does marketing, whether or not I agree, like that is a genius move. So when people, you, well, yeah, when you have undecided voters saying, oh, like, oh, here's my check from whose name is on it, Donald Trump, it's like, Say what you want about him, whether whether it's vanity or whatever he, the reason he did. It's like it is a great political. His marketing team is brilliant, and I will say that just about a lot of you know, and and it's sometimes his his marketing strategies are not what other people like. But from just a pure marketing, you want people. It what is it like? You have to hear something seven times for it to stick. And he seven times in one sentence for him. He says the same thing over and over again. Exactly. But like, but his marketing people, they hit the same message on their Facebook and their Twitter and their Instagram and press conferences and all of these marketing things. And it's not, it's not a bad strategy. Say what you want about it, but it's not a bad strategy. But I do think um, they posted something today talking about reopening the economy and creating the world's best economy and whatever. And as we start talking more about reopening the economy, um, a, I do want to talk about that in its own thing, but B, back to their marketing strategy. If it works, then the people on his team who are promoting this message are going to have a lot to hang their hat on. Yeah. And I mean, truthfully, I think a lot of it's him personally. I think he gets the marketing. Like, I remember I went to a conference and as an, an Axios reporter who's probably not very aligned with him. So that he uses Twitter so effectively because he used like normal people use it doesn't matter if you like what he says on Twitter, which I think that I don't, and a lot of other people don't most of the time, but he uses it. He uses the medium effectively. And honestly, he took that. Obama was really good at that too. Obama was great at, at using Twitter and getting, at getting 
people on their own terms and just saying, oh, here's a normal press release. Like he hit them and, and Trump did a great job of that. Um, no matter what you think about either of those guys president wise, they are both so good at, at connecting with people and have a great marketing team. Yeah. yeah. I get super annoyed at politicians because everything they post is enjoyed ribbon cutting at this today. And no normal yeah. person talks like that. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't yeah. say things like that. I'm tweeting stupid stuff about watching Fleabag and eating Reese's eggs. Like, and that's how Obama tweeted and that's how Trump tweeted. And so that is really, really interesting. Um, Mark, I'm curious to know kind of your thoughts on kind of shifting a little bit. Um, the Trump administration message has turned more toward, and a lot of state governors too, to reopening the economy. Um, mm -hmm. What, what do you think? Do you think it's too soon? Do you think it's right on time? Do you think it's going to be an epic failure? Do you think we're going to succeed right off the bat? What, I mean, what are your thoughts? Gosh, it's so hard. I saw that a lot of the Northeastern governors, which is like six Democrats and a Republican are talking about reopening the economy. I think that that's the reopening economy thing is necessary. People say, oh, we talk about the economy or health. It's not one or the other. And we say economy, we don't mean stock market. What we mean is a normal family of four being able to feed their kids. Yeah. What we mean is small business owners being able to keep their places of work that they've worked for their whole lives alive. This is not an economic versus health argument. It's one of those things, if this is going to happen either way, we should take as many measures as possible to, to keep it under control, especially with older generations or ones that are at risk. But it, I mean, it's not this economic argument that the liberals make that it's the stock market. It's not what it is. It's about people being able to put food on their table and supporting their families. And with that being said, like, I think carefully it should be open as soon as possible. Um, Agreed. I'm, I'm I, I think the government has overstepped in a lot of ways, especially you see places like Michigan and uh, Lee has not gone that far yet, but you see these states where it's really overstepped boundaries. And Justin wrote a great blog post showing like it, coronavirus doesn't care what items are essential and which ones are, and which businesses are essential, and which ones are like, that's not how that works. We need safe, but smart precautions. And at this point, it's already been way under what people expect. They're talking about 60,000 deaths. Now they're saying 400,000 to a million. So I think we need to be smart, but I think the economy should be reopening soon. I, I, I think you probably agree with that, right? I, I completely agree. You know, I'm being careful just as much as anyone else. I was talking to a friend today. He's in the military and we were just kind of chatting about why we're being careful. And, you know, I don't want to get sick. I don't want people like my grandmother to get sick. I made her a cake for Easter and I delivered it to her house wearing a mask and gloves. Like we're just trying to be careful for everyone's sake. And I do think that people will continue to be careful if for nothing else than for, uh, for to keep the fear factor low. So for example, I'm going to go get tacos for lunch later today. Yeah, really. I'm mm -hmm. going to go get tacos for lunch later today. I'm going to tie my bandana around my mouth. I'm going to wear latex gloves, not because I'm afraid of getting sick or not because I don't feel like I've washed my hands enough. But the more people see me taking precautions, the more fear is going to lower in their minds. I think that perception is a huge piece of this. And I think that if we start allowing small businesses to open businesses that can follow CDC guidelines, then the perception of fear is going to be lowered. And we're going to see that we can get back to normal if people will just be respectful and be careful and be clean. With the latex gloves and the bandana of your mouth, are you sure they're going to murder somebody at that taco place? I it feel like really that's looks like Okay, I wore a red bandana. I was wearing an all-black outfit and a black baseball cap and a red bandana and latex gloves. And I wore it to Target the other day, and I got home, and I was walking up to my door, which is a glass door, and I saw myself in the reflection, and I looked like a bandit or a murderer, like from the Old West. And I regretted those choices, and I'll be wearing more color now so that I don't look like a murderer. Thankfully, you're like a four foot three murderer, so nobody's that scared of you. But like, yeah, I don't think I look all that threatening with my pink hair. But whatever. Yeah, you might shoot them in the knee or something, but otherwise, it's a ankle biter. 
Yeah, one more thing before he goes. My dad sent me a great text. He's like, I, I actually just bought a mask. I, I don't, I haven't gotten it yet. But he said there's, he just texted me like, there's two thousand masks on Etsy, which I'm like, yeah, it's great. It's like that's why capitalism works, and like that's exactly right. Like this is when we see capitalism, when we see the fact that toilet paper is restocked and all these things are restocked and flour and these things that are out, and it's because of capitalism. So let's not forget this when we see these socialist countries that don't have that. And we kept hearing how the American medical system is going to be overwhelmed. It's going to be just like Italy. It hasn't been. And it's because we don't have single payer. And I will, I will go to the grave with that. We kept hearing about how it's going to be the same here. It was not the same here. We actually had excess supplies. So single payer doesn't work. Universal health care doesn't work in the way that they're talking about. Socialized medicine doesn't work. That's it. So This is a hill that me and Mark are willing to die on. <laughs> I can expand on that, but I'm going to leave it at that. because Well, funny. we don't live in Italy, so we don't have to die on it. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. Amen. Um, so um, we've all been talking for a long time about adapting to our current circumstances, like with Mark's sports outfit that he would never wear to the office mm -hmm. and with my hoodie and light bolt earrings that I would never wear to the office. But um, this weekend, this past weekend was Easter, and we talk a lot about um, the new normal and figuring out what the new normal is. Um, I thought it was really sweet that Melania Trump read an Easter story on their social media profiles for a video because they couldn't do the um, White House egg roll. Um, people are really adapting and changing. Like I said, I made my grandma a cake and I took it to her wearing gloves because I didn't want to buy candy from the grocery store and take it to her. I wanted to make sure that everything was controlled that I was preparing. Um, we're, we're all adapting really well to, to this. I saw a thing on Facebook. This, these parents had adult children home for the quarantine, and instead of hiding eggs, they hid bottles of wine in the yard for their adult children to go out and get. Um, the quarantine's making us all go a little nuts, but um, I don't know if these are going to be new traditions. Hopefully by next Easter, things are calmed down, but... Um, what are your favorite Easter traditions, Mark? Well, what I did this year was just like, I don't go to church all the time, but we watched the, uh, a church on TV, uh, yeah. the Baptist. And first of all, Michael W. Smith lives in Tennessee. Did you know that? No. Yeah, he, he was like doing the music for it. Like he lives in Brentwood, I guess. And like people see him at the grocery store, but like I never really knew him from, I didn't, I wasn't like a big Christian music person. Or anything, but like I knew him from those cool songs, like Our God is an Awesome God. Where yeah. Like, I didn't care as much about the lyrics as the fact they were catchy, but like, he's a very famous, he sings a lot of great Christmas songs too. Like when I download Christmas songs, he's always there, but he did the mass and like did the music for it, which is awesome. Um, the mass, Mark Baptist don't do mass, honey. Well, what, okay. I don't, whatever it's called. I'm, like I was raised Catholic. I'm just basically like Christian non-denomination. Okay. Whatever you call it, whatever the Baptists call it, he did. Um, yeah. They don't take communion either. I remember the one time I went to a Baptist mass. You guys don't really like do the sign of the cross or. No, you don't, it's the church service. You don't kneel at all either, which is weird. No. I did a few times. Okay. But yes, I was way, uh, me being way out of my, my area of expertise is not what we're talking about. But um, some of the old churches I lived in, my, my mom used to always, um, give us like these, these great Easter's with eggs. And she used to give us eggs with a lottery ticket in it, which I was always really excited about. Yeah. And <laughs> some would have like, it'd be random eggs, like $3. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. Like there's money in here. Like it's not just candy. And then I was like, yeah, beans and normal things, but we used to do an Easter egg hunt and she put some fun stuff in there that made it a little bit different than like normal Easter eggs. Like, Oh man, this is $7. That's much better than a bunch of garbage jelly beans. Yeah. Up until last year, my mom still hid eggs with coins in them in the yard, and she would hide one egg that had um, 
one of the Sacagawea gold dollars in it. And that was like the winning egg. So it was like catching the golden snitch. So oh, my yeah. sister would like compete against like who had more money, who had more eggs. But if you catch, if you get the, the gold one, then it's like game over. And um, we love that. My mom does Easter baskets still. She gave me some really pretty wine glasses this year because I wanted some wine glasses to like serve my friends. And so my Easter basket was like sitting on top of a box that she ordered. But um, she always does. Now tell me she used to play the the Michael Scott Golden Ticket uh, game. Yes, the Golden Ticket campaign. Um, <laughs> she always gives us Reese's Eggs and Sour Patch Kids, and we always give her Starburst Jelly Beans because those are her favorite. And she makes the same meal for lunch every Easter, ham, mashed potatoes, green beans, um, every Which season. you ate for breakfast the next morning, is that correct? Why do you keep telling me? Well, things <laughs> I told you were embarrassing. Yes, the next morning I woke up and I looked in my fridge and I saw leftover ham and I ate ham for breakfast straight out of the fridge. It was cold. But and she texted me. She's like, to be clear, it's not breakfast ham. It is just, just honey-baked ham, just normal ham. ham. I was in a whole bunch of it. <laughs> yeah, it just looked really good. Why do you keep telling people these things? It's so embarrassing. I think, I think it's cool. It's like one of the coolest things you've done. So I'm saying that as a compliment. I'm sorry that you don't take it that way. Thanks. Jeez. But um, I love Easter. It's always been a big reason for celebration in our house. It was weird not going to church in Anniston for Easter. I always go home for Christmas and Easter, and those are the two times I go to the church I grew up in. Didn't happen this year. I didn't see anyone while I was home, but it was a good Easter nonetheless. But speaking of that, um, it wasn't so great of an Easter for our friends in Chattanooga. So oh, yeah. if you want to help out, let us know. If you need help, if you're watching this in Chattanooga and you need help, let us know. Um, just like we rallied around the people in Nashville, we want to rally around the people in Chattanooga. And um, we're thinking about you, praying for you. We hope that everything in your house and home is okay. Um, but if you do need help, please let us know. We're here for you. Um, so the last thing where we've started making this a weekly thing, um, in our quarantine is what is entertaining us in quarantine. And mine is, this is going to be the third embarrassing thing that we've said about me on the <laughs> podcast today, but I'm going to let Mark go first because mine's going to be the grand finale. And I'm curious about if he watched it too. Okay. So this thing I did, which is really cool, kind of, is I bought a bunch of DVDs of the show, Las Vegas which is like, it, it was on NBC from 2008 to th or 2003, 2008. It has like James Caan, Tom Selleck, uh, my guy, Josh Dumel, who I think is the best looking man in Hollywood. Um, I, I got all the, and it's like this great show, but the issue is it was a two-sided DVD, which I mean, who remembers those? But I put it on my PlayStation 3, and it will only play one side of it. So like I watched episodes one through five, like 11 through 15 and like 21 through 25. And then I started season two, not realizing it. And one of the main characters like kisses another main character. I'm like, wait, when did this happen? And I just, and then I realized I missed the last four episodes, like the finale where like they had like their, their big kiss moment. I didn't know happened. So it was, uh, I still can't figure out how to watch it. So I'm kind of in this thing where I'm just watching half ep or half the episodes of Las Vegas. You're in like Las Vegas purgatory. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot worse things to be in. in oh, geez. Um, so I watched this week, I'm a big Bachelor Nation, Bachelor franchise fan. Um, most of it is hot garbage and it makes me sick. Like, for example, Listen to Your Heart, which premiered this past Monday night, which is, Mark, you're going to love this. It's okay. all these singer-songwriters that they put in a house together to try to find love connections, but also try to find musical chemistry. And it is pure hot garbage, and I am living for it. It was 
terrible. It was the most cringy things I've ever seen. Like imagine someone coming up to you and being like, I think you're beautiful. And I wrote a song for you. Why don't we stand in front of all these people? And I'm going to sing this mediocre song that I wrote for you in front of all of America. Wait. So like, is it, I don't understand. They're trying to find love connections and musical connections. Like what if they're like, I don't think you're beautiful, but you want to write a song with me? It'd be cool. Like, I don't, I don't understand how that works. Well, well, that's the thing about Bachelor Nation is that they pick all like hot people. So like everyone's pretty and everyone looks good and everyone's got a pretty good voice, but they're trying to find like the musical chemistry. And so it'll be like the girl, there are eight girls and 12 guys and the girls give out the roses one week. And then the guys give out the roses the next week. And they try to find a musical partnership and a love connection. And it is hot garbage. And I could not recommend it more. I am obsessed. <laughs> Wait, so one more thing. I, I'm sorry, this is like a little inappropriate, but my sister sent me this great thing. We talk about Rock of Love, which is the Brett Michaels oh, uh, dating. Terrible. Oh, awful. But my sister sent me this this thing. It's like, where are they now? And the questions are, they, they give a brief description, which is funny. And then it says, Trump voter, question mark, and done porn, question mark. And it's yes for almost all of them. I know, it's, it's insane. I'm like, that's amazing that they, they're, so, they're so trashy. They actually have to put that as a category, like, done porn question mark and mostly yes that is horrible see that's the thing about these television dating shows yes the people are beautiful yes the production quality is great because the producers know what america wants to see not the vh1 shows but sure not the, but VH1 shows. Current ones. <laughs> the producers know what america wants to see they stir the pot but then all the contestants go on to like questionable lives and it doesn't make any sense but we are all feeding into this it's so bad yeah i just i I hope that nobody ever asks like mark cunningham like the whole like oh done porn question mark like i hope that's not on a resume like we're like where now that's not a great thing to have on your i can promise i can promise as your producer i will make sure that that is never (laughs) (laughs) i will never get that low i appreciate anything of yours but um as you can tell, we're kind of running low on entertainment. So if you have any recommendations for us, I watched Knives Out finally. Great movie. Really, like, honestly appropriate to watch with the family. Wasn't it, like, rated PG? Like, it's not a bad movie. Yes, PG-13, I think. But, yeah, it, it certainly wasn't bad. Me and my mom went to a movie theater in New York City to watch it and loved it. Yeah. It's a really good movie. And it's kind of interesting because it's got that, like, mystery novel, like Sherlock Holmes feel, but also funny and like, it, it's a, it's just a really good movie. A lot of great people in it and like, it, and um, the guy from Miami Vice is in him, Don Johnson. I love him. Oh, well, the guy from, um, the dad from Sound of Music plays the patriarch of the family, Christopher Plummer, Captain Von Trapp. Oh, I didn't know that. That's him. Yeah. I only know about Don Johnson, aka Kenny Powers' dad, um, is in it. <laughs> Well, watch Knives Out. It's a great movie. Um, I'm looking for indie movie recommendations. I feel like I've watched all like mainstream movies my whole life. So any indie movies that people like, let me know. Um, I'm ready to watch Mark's going to roll his eyes at me because he's like, of course you would, hippie. But um, we'll have better recommendations next week. And hopefully Mark will finish his Las Vegas so we never have to talk about it again. Well, I'll finish half the episodes anyway. Um, and make sure that you tune in. To, um, we're going to be doing Friday probably is the Jeep Pie interview. We're going to be posting it. So make sure you watch out for that. It's going to be so lit. Cannot wait. Um, Mark, get a haircut. Finish Las Vegas. Thanks for listening, everyone. Again, um, if you want to help out in Chattanooga, please let us know. We are here to help you, Chattanooga family. Talk to you later. See you next week.